Coming up in this podcast, public sector overhaul, medical research funding, CityLink developments and our university sector. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Panel and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Mark, the new state government is beginning to overhaul the bureaucracy. Uh, first, there's a bunch of changes at the top. Yep. Uh, so, as listeners would know, big pressure on the state government to uh, reduce costs, cut spending, boost efficiency, and Mark McGowan is talking the talk, and we're going to watch with interest to see the uh, results that can be achieved after this. Uh, they're compressing the number of government agencies. That was announced a week ago, you know, 41 down to 25. Um, they've also now put out names of people who will be heading up these big new merged agencies. So interesting to see the people that have uh, come out on top. Uh, Stephen Wood currently runs State Development. Um, he'll be heading up a big new uh, sort of economic and industry department. Um, Gail McGowan currently runs planning. She will also head up one of the big expanded departments. Uh, David Smith, currently at Premier and Cabinet, he's taking over Mines, which is also uh, going to be a broader department. But the name that's really intriguing, uh, which we've written about a couple of times in the past, Darren Foster, a former Chief of Staff to the Premier from the previous uh, Carpenter government days. He's come in as Acting Director General of the Department of Premier and Cabinet. They're going through a uh, recruitment process at the moment, but the odds are Darren Foster is going to be the man and that'll put him right at the centre of power for the state government. So interesting move there. And the past state government obviously did bring in Peter Conran for that role. Peter Conran. very well qualified. Um, he'd, he'd worked in WA, he'd worked in Canberra, um, and he was someone that Colin Barnett you know, recruited for the job. Um, so seems to be a, there's a, a recurring pattern here, mm-hmm. but uh, Darren Foster doesn't have the same level of experience that Peter Conran had. And um, and the others, they're, they're, they're career public servants, obviously. Is the consolidation of the bureaucracy into you know bigger departments, is that a chance to put the people they prefer in charge? You know, Is that a sort of a political thing? Or or do you think it's really just they just do it horses for courses? Well, look, it's hard to answer that because there's been very little transparency around this process. Uh, there's been no detail about the evaluation process. For the most part, these are the career public servants. And it must be said, Darren Foster is in fact a, a permanent public servant, but he's also someone who has historical political connections. So clearly there's a, there's a personal link there mm. as well as his professional experience. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And yeah. there's some other news around the public service, of course. Yes, so the public sector review, which is all around, um, well, it's, it's a very broad mandate about improving the culture and efficiency of the public service. That'll be chaired by a guy named Ian Rennie, who headed up the New Zealand Public Service. And he made some interesting changes over there. He did things like introduce um, independent panels, which would publish regular reviews of government agencies. He also had a big focus on leadership development amongst the people at the top of the public service. So yeah, that sounds encouraging to me. You know, they're, they're promising initiatives. So it'll be, uh, I think it'll be kind of fun and interesting if those sorts of things get introduced here. 
So oh, fair enough. Big changes on the way. Yeah, that'll give us plenty to report on, no doubt. Yes. Uh, now, the opening of a new, I think it's a neuroscience centre, uh, is just some of the news around medical research in WA this week. Yeah, look, this was a, uh, a big initiative, uh, primarily funded by Ralph Sarich. So it's the, uh, the Sarich Neuroscience uh, Research Institute out at the QE2 Medical Centre. So there's four different medical research groups coming together in these new purpose-built premises. And people are pretty upbeat about it because they think that'll really help uh, collaboration uh, to, to be achieved a lot more effectively. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look, Sarich family put in $20 million out of a project that cost a total of 39. So very significant development. Yeah. And Mark, I believe you've got some news on that front as well. Yeah, well, the Harry Perkins uh, Institute for Medical Research, a uh, very prominent institution and um, probably the second biggest in terms of medical research after the Telethon Kids Institute. Um, they have pretty much raised five million bucks, I understand, f- to have a West Farmers Chair of Cardiovascular Research. They've got a guy in from Canada, uh, Garesh. Garesh Davidi, a very well-known cardiologist, and he's come out of some specialist heart institute there in Ottawa. So he's going to come and do a very specialist uh, bit of research in medical imaging, you know, all the latest and greatest. Uh, And then they've got another target of five million to raise for uh, cardiovascular research again, a more general type of research they're looking for. And they've got some very prominent people to be ambassadors um, for people who've all had some sort of brush with heart attack stories in their lives or their families' lives. Um, you've got uh, Chief Justice Wayne Martin, who is uh, who had his own heart scare, apparently. Um, you've got sports legends Rick Charlesworth and uh, Dennis Cometti, the broadcaster, who both lost fathers quite early in their lives to heart attacks. And John Inverarity, whose dad also had heart issues at quite a young age, but survived, but always had to deal with them. So those four very, very prominent West Australians are going to be out there kind of helping boost the mission to raise another five million. And I gather they're about halfway there on that five. So they've, they, they want to um, get that going very soon over the next few months. So they soft launched it this week um, and they're doing very well, apparently. OK. Now, on another front... We also had some good news on the property scene. Yeah. Uh, the the Perth City Link. It's a development that's uh, had a um, sort of fairly erratic progress, but during the week there was an announcement uh, about two different groups who are planning to do some fairly substantial developments there. Uh, one is Far East Capital, who's got a couple of other big projects already in Perth at Elizabeth Quay. Uh, their preferred proponent for a couple of sites for apartments, retail, range of other developments. And the other one that was really interesting, a group called Cedar Pacific. Uh, They've got an operation in Brisbane, but it's actually global money. Uh, They're planning to do a 550-room development for international students. Mm. Now, that makes that the third development in the Northbridge area, specifically targeting international students. It's something that, that Perth has been lacking and uh, so there's now quite a flurry of activity, I think 1,600 rooms altogether. Mm, so go. that's a very encouraging sign uh, for, for new investment in property 
and support for that sector. And I know Dan Wilkie was looking at where they were planning to put it. It looks like the narrowest strip of land ever. Uh, Do you think it's feasible? Well, I'm intrigued. It's a strip of land behind Perth Arena, in between Perth Arena and the railway line and and Rose Street. So, uh, yes, uh, it's intriguing to uh, see what might go up there. Maybe they'll bury a bit more railway line. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, Now, speaking of uh, the uh, foreign students, that that might be... uh, they might be accommodating. Uh, universities are, are, um, are the, the, the sector this week that we're, you've looked at for a special report. Big and high-profile sector. Um, what have you got? Yeah, look, the scale of the universities is interesting. I mean, uh, their turnover, the four big public universities in Perth, um, collectively their revenue is about $2.6 billion, uh, and the biggest are close to a billion dollars on their own. Um, they employ about 11,000 people. And international education is talked of as the country's third largest export industry. So you know, it's foreigners paying for a service that's produced in Australia. Mm. Uh, WA was actually a pioneer in this field, but has underperformed for a long time. So at the moment, there's about 55,000 international students enrolled in WA. And that's actually, there's been some pretty good growth over the last few years, but every other state has been growing even faster. So our national market share is under 8%. And even more worrying, in the university sector, our market share is only 6.6%. Right. And that's the more valuable part of that sector. That's right. So the other students that stay here for longer, pay more in tuition fees. Um, and, And once they're here, their families come to visit. You know, they spent a lot of money. So, you know, it's, it's a really big economic boost. Mm. Everybody knows this. They've known it for an awfully long time. And the universities all see value. You know, full fee-paying international students, that's, that's gold. Uh, but um, there's been a, a lack of commitment. I mean, it's partly WA's recent history. You know, the mining resources, yeah. mining construction boom. Um, you know, everything was too expensive, too much else going on. And you know, we're suffering from it. It's this classic example where we, we don't have a broadly diversified economy because when mining is going hot, you know, everything else struggles. Yeah. Um, the other part of it, there's an agency called Study Perth. They've got an annual budget of about 1.3 million. Their counterpart in Queensland gets about five to six million a year. Mm. And, and Victoria, South Australia, other states all spend big in this area. So I've spoken to the universities. You know, they're all really keen. Um, they're all targeting growth in this segment. Um, but as a state, you know, everybody acknowledges we could do a lot better with a bit more money and a bit more coordination and a better overall strategy. So one more challenge for the new state government. Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks, Mark. Look, we are still seeking entrance to our Rising Stars program. If you know a fast-growing business, we have numerous categories in which they may fit, um, from startups to established. Um, please go to our website and look up uh, events to find out more. And of course, uh, even if you don't want to enter your company or nominate someone else, you might want to come to the event uh, later on this year. And just in a few weeks' time, it's a fantastic event uh, down, I think, at the point Beaumont on the point, I think, is the uh, right. the venue which we had a we had a little uh, forty under forty book launch there this week, and it was a fantastic venue. So can't wait to have a quite a big crowd there as we do for Rising Stars. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Pownall and Mark Bayer from Business News. 
For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.